Hey sis, welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Join the Girl Goodnight gang. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and the Girl Goodnight Land Facebook group. Visit our new website and complete the form to be our next featured author. The Girl Goodnight store is open and we have the perfect gifts for you and your loved ones. Browse our selections. Link in description. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girls, share the show and show us some love with the five-star rating and review. Harley Ray resides in Baltimore, Maryland, a hidden oasis of art and culture. She has been writing since she was old enough to firmly grasp a pencil between her thumb and pointer finger. A millennial influenced by the 90s era that brought us some of the greatest love stories like kinfolks, blues dancing, and rooms of the heart, she considers herself a culture-fed romantic. On her ninth birthday, she sat alone in her bedroom furnished with only two bunk beds and two four-drawer dressers, reading a gifted copy of Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye, her pages only illuminated by the tiny stream of light from the street lamp outside of her window. She was amazed at how full of life the words on the page were, how they danced around in her mind, stirring up emotions of insecurity, complacency, and self-contempt that lay dormant even in her tiny nine-year-old capsule of repressed memory. At that moment, she realized the healing power of literature. She vowed to one day usher Black women, much like herself, with no prominent place in the world, into a place of loving, holy. That mission stuck with her throughout her educational pursuits. It's what landed her at Coppin State University, where she obtained a Bachelor of Arts in English with a concentration in creative writing and a minor in African-American studies. Since graduating, her time has been divided between teaching pre-K literacy, writing Black romance novels, and handmaking candles and teas that center the Black romance reader's experience. As a Black romance author of over 15 books and an avid reader of the genre, she has cultivated a deep commitment to breaking literary boundaries and obliterating genre norms by telling stories that fuse romance and reality to demystify the stereotypes surrounding Black love. An early oeuvre of love stories written as an ode to the lover in you. Her work speaks your deepest thoughts, fulfills your wildest fantasies, and echoes your quietest vibrations. They never thought they'd be here. This was a crossroad neither of them wanted to face, but they were there. How they got there was one for the ages, but how they decided to move forward was entirely up to them. Follow childhood best friends, Jace Collins and Ember Hughes, as they navigate adulthood and friendships, even when the scales are tipped. Now, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and sleep in melanated peace. Chapter 2, A Week Later, Jace. I chastised myself for not fighting my urge to be balls deep in her pussy first thing in the morning. She had my mind gone, and for the first time in my life, I didn't care. My days were usually longer, and I was much more irritable if I didn't start each day inside my baby. My baby. Those were two words I never in a million years thought would be used to describe Ember. 
She'd been my best friend, the homie, the girl next door for more than half my life. Her monikers for me were usually my ace, my bestie, my day one, my rider girl, but my baby was the newest. Hopefully the last one I give her before she gets the wifey tag. Honestly, I always thought she was too good for my dog ass. She was the square of our hood and the prude of our crew. Her head was always buried in a book for fun. The girl actually preferred reading over much anything else. She was the one with straight A's across the board and her mind was impenetrable. Most of the other chicks around the way were loose and it took next to nothing to get them out their drawers in a back alley or at the playground after dusk. But Ember was different. She was that flame everybody wanted to get close to, but no one ever wanted to take the heat. She was tough as nails and if a nigga wasn't coming correct, then he wasn't coming. Even as adults, she was the number one pick of the litter and she wanted no one. She was different. Her caliber of men were the blue-collar type. Those men with five degrees, a couple whips to their name, a bank account that grew with an exponential variable each day, whack-ass dick, and a holier-than-thou mentality. But over the last few months, she began to change. She realized that all that rich nigga shit wasn't where it was at. Those men could not handle her in all her glory. She was passionate about her work, about Black people, and about whatever nigga she was loving. They couldn't take her level of care and compassion. Her attention to detail was astronomical, not to mention her ability to read energy. She knew when shit was off. Most of them dogged her out, stepped out on her, stealing from her. One even almost cost her her job. But now that I bagged her, it was a wrap for all the ones who couldn't get it right. She was becoming more and more mine every day, conforming to my ways, loving me how she knew I needed to. She left with her presence and good snatch. In the last six months, i gotten so used to her being at my crib whenever I stumbled home from being out with my brothers. She wouldn't agree to move in because she didn't want everybody we knew inserting themselves in what we were trying to build. But she compromised and slept in my apartment damn near every night. She was my new normal, and I didn't know what the hell I was going to do while she was away for an entire week. I loved the work she did, and I was proud she was fighting for the railroaded black men that were unjustly prosecuted by our backward-ass judicial system. The work she did actually made me even prouder to be her man. I honestly never saw why the dude she fucked with hated her ambition or her desire to do good for people. That shit was a turn on for me. When I was free, I'd sit in on her local cases and my dick would jump every time a judge ruled in her favor. My baby was a fucking beast and she knew her shit. Taking her hand, I lifted it up to my lips and kissed it. She traveled several weeks out of a year but still never got used to flying. I remember when we went on our senior class trip, she had a full-fledged panic attack when the fasten seatbelt light came on only an hour into our three-and-a-half-hour flight. When we went to college, she begged me to take the eight-hour ride home instead of getting on an hour-and-a-half flight. The minute we pulled to the departure lanes, her palms were sweating and she tensed up. Look at me. I commanded as I cut the engine. Slowly, her eyes found mine. I wish I could have sucked all the angst and anxiety out of her mind. There was a lot of work to be done in Atlanta. She was walking into a war zone and I needed her completely relaxed the moment she got off the plane. It's an hour and a half. Take a nap and you'll be back on the ground by the time you open those big brown eyes. I pulled her head until our foreheads touched. Kissing her lips, I massaged her neck and reassured her she would be fine. With tears in her eyes, she placed her shaky hands over mine and shook her head as she tried to prepare herself. 
I've tried to talk her into taking a Valium before flights, but she declined every time. You're shaking your head, but everything else is telling me something else. Detaching myself from her body, I opened my phone and clicked a few buttons. As I tossed my phone in the middle console, I put the car back in drive and headed for the parking garage. Confusion washed over and she hurriedly connected her seatbelt. I chuckled as I shook my head. M was the only person in the world besides my mother who could ever get me to drop anything to assist them through anything. Looking back, she was the main reason I gave up trying to go steady with one girl. Every time I tried, the girl would think there was more to our friendship than we let on. Back then, it wasn't, but over the last three years, my feelings for her changed. Ember stopped looking like my sister, homie, and friend, and more like my soulmate. We both had plans to become lawyers. She wanted to be a special prosecutor for the United States Department of Justice, and I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. She was the one who kept me on track and helped me cram during finals week every semester when I partied my life away with the basketball team. They all had hoop dreams. Mine was bigger than that. Hooping was never my dream, just something I was good at that I used to secure enough bread to make my dreams come true. I wanted to ensure their hoop dreams became legacy-building realities where they'd be set for life once they put the ball down, whether by choice or force. I honestly lost count of how many dates she canceled because I showed up at her door with energy bars, a case of Starbucks Frappuccinos, and my stack of books. We've always stood ten toes down, getting it out the mud together, and there really was no other woman deserving to take up as much space in my world as she was entitled to occupy. You're spoiled, I announced as I wind my window down to show the parking attendant my pass. Riding around the crowded lot, I scanned the bold white numbers painted on the feet of asphalt. Half of them I could hardly see from the cracks in the street and the nearly non-existent paint. Quickly turning into the space, I threw the car in park and cut the engine. As I stepped out, the frigid wind assaulted me while I hurried to put on my hat. From late February to early March, the weather in Baltimore was the most unpredictable. We could wear slides and a track jacket one day and wake up to three feet of snow the next. After grabbing her luggage out of the back, I opened her door and looked down at the girl of my dreams. She was the only one for me. And as much as it surprised me that we were like this, I was kicking myself for taking all these years to open my heart and mind to her the way I had for the last six months. Come on, we have to get the next shuttle. Jay, you don't have to go with me. Yes, I do. Now, come on before we miss the flight. An unfamiliar calm washed over Amber as we listened to the Delta Airlines flight attendant welcome us to flight number 1047. Her palms were finally dry as she entered one of my fingers with hers. Her head rested on my shoulder while she mouthed Psalm 91. She never traveled anywhere without praying her same prayer of protection. Amen, I said as I saw her sealing the prayer. With a smile, she looked up at me and planted a kiss on my jaw. Thank you for this, Jace. I don't know why I still get like this. Plus, it's never been this bad. I don't know why that is, though. M, when you step out of the airport, they're going to be one million newscasters swarming you. That's what has your anxiety on overload. I can't believe they actually gave me and Lisa this case. I'm elated because I know this kid wouldn't get a fair shake with anyone else, but I just knew they were going to send Cortez and Tremblay. You're the best at what you do. There comes a point when the boys club has no choice but to recognize the real heavy hitters, and you and Lisa always pack a mean punch. Thanks, babe. 
She said again with a kiss to my hand. Now, can I get that Valium? Since you're here, I can sleep. The entire hour and a half of the flight, I watched him sleep. She was breathtakingly astonishing. Even her imperfections were beautiful to me. The star-shaped scar over her right eye from falling off the swings when we were in the fourth grade was like a mark of destiny. She burned bright everywhere she went. Her light illuminated darkness in any setting or situation. As I ran my hand through her curls, I knew I was hooked. She had me on a flight to Atlanta just because her nerves were rattled. I booked my same-day round-trip flight so fast, there was no time to second-guess it. No one had ever affected me so much that I desired to find a remedy for whatever plagued their greatness. At the sound of the fastened seatbelt indicator, M popped up. Her eyes darted back and forth between the front and rear of the plane. Chill, we're about to land. You're good. I reassured her with a squeeze to the hand that was still wrapped in mine. You're really the best. You know that, right? Damn straight. I need you in tip-top mental shape if you're going to take down all the bigots and give that kid a fair shot. Staring a moment at the gate's exit, I pulled M against my frame. Hugging her around her neck, I planted three kisses on her lips, pausing to look at her in between each one. The cute little laugh that escaped her mouth each time made my dick jump. She was officially my addiction, and I was contemplating putting everything I had on my schedule on pause to stay in Atlanta with her. But... It was my baby brother's birthday, and missing his party was a no-go. He'd hold that over my head for a lifetime. I wish you could stay. I could really use a stress reliever. Oh, that's all I am? I should be charging you if I'm just your pusher. Stop playing. You know you're more than that. Give me a kiss, she said, slapping my arm. Obliging, I palmed the nape of her neck and pried her lips open with my tongue. I felt her hands slide into my back pockets and she deepened our kiss. Pulling away, I pulled my vibrating phone from my pocket. It was my brother, my first best friend and first client when I started my firm. I had 12 athletes as clients, but he was by far the one that made me work overtime for the hundreds of thousands of dollars I billed him for my services. He was forever in some shit, even more now that he was retired. Kissing her one final time, I gave her a reassuring smile that she'd kill it and walked off to find my departure gate. My job was done. I got her there safely and in a great mental and emotional state so she and Lisa could flourish. Three hours later. Nigga, I've been at the center waiting for an hour. My little brother's raspy voice filled all the space in my car as he blared through my speaker. He was always obnoxious and commanding attention he hadn't earned. As I switched the call from the car to my headphones, I shook my head. My older brother and I tried the best we could to help our mother with him after our father died, but he was a hollowed-out shell, hard as nails on the outside and empty on the interior. I entered Ember and I's apartment complex and headed straight to her floor. She'd forgotten to give me the gift she got for him. Since she was an only child, he was just as much her little brother as he was mine. Ever since he was born, she spoiled his ass. He was 16 years our junior and got quadruple the love and all the materialistic manifestations of it. My bad, man. I meant to call you. I had an unexpected errand come up. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Meet me at my crib. I'm already here. Been here for three hours. And I had to catch the bus just to get here. And that took me almost two hours because I had to figure out what bus to catch out here. Jacoby would be 18 the next day, and he was the most spoiled kid in his neighborhood. Between my mother and oldest brother, he never had to worry about walking anywhere. The one time it was on me to transport him, I hopped on a plane with my baby. But it served him right and taught him a valuable lesson. I told you it was always good to know how to get around. You never know when you might find yourself stranded. I laughed. This shit is not funny. It's cold as hell, and I only had on a damn hoodie. That's what your spoiled ass get. It's fucking 40 degrees today. Your ass should have put on one of them damn North Face coats mommy bought you. Reaching her apartment, I stuck my key in the door and twisted the knob. Without cutting on the lights, I made my way to her living room area until I was in front of her mantelpiece. I spotted the shiny blue bag sitting on the edge where she said it would be. It took everything in me not to look at it after promising her I wouldn't. She was forever giving him something extravagant, and I always got on her about it. He needed to know the value of money. He needed to understand the value of hard work. He needed to know how good it felt to work for something instead of always having everything given to him. On the way out the door, I saw a flicker of light illuminating in the kitchen. Leaning over, I unplugged the wax warmer she always forgot to shut off before leaving the house. After locking up, I took the two flights of stairs to my own apartment. Open the door, crybaby. I commanded Jacoby as I hung up the phone. Bro, what brought you guys staying here? There's all kind of girly shit in your bathroom. While you all in my bathroom, nigga, you are a guest. You use the guest bathroom. I'm finna revoke your access, dummy. Then where would you take your little hoes? Come on, bruh. Don't be petty. Here. I tossed him the gift. M got you this. She told me to give it to you today because you'll need it tonight. Once I was fully in my space, the smell of Reggie and beef oodles and noodles assaulted my nostrils. I was blue in the face from telling him about smoking in my apartment, so I didn't even bother. I remember my mother saying when I had my children, they were going to give me twice the hell I gave her. The way Jacoby acted, I wonder what the hell my mother and father used to put my grandparents through. He was an overall good kid, solid B student, star of the swim and track teams, and leader of the debate club, which was no surprise because he was great at orating when he wanted something with a heavy price tag. We weren't poor or anything. In fact, we were in a pretty sweet space financially. My mom was a nurse, big brother was a retired basketball player turned rheumatologist. Their jobs alone had him feeling like he could just coast, but I made sure he knew differently. I was an entertainment lawyer and arts and program coordinator to the only 501c3 company that taught children art and the legality surrounding it. Art law was my brainchild, and my big brother Jacob partnered with me to bring it to fruition. And I made Jacoby volunteer there three times a week during the school year and work as a camp counselor in the summers to teach him some responsibility and the value of money. Not just the numeric value, but everything else that you had to give up to make it. 
But with Ember as a bonus sister, that was a feat in itself. Fuck yeah. Let me call my sister. She always get the kid right. Jacoby yelled. Hey, yo, stop fucking yelling in my house. I said, walking toward the back. I took my phone into my room to call Ember before he did. I hadn't told her that I landed yet and it had been almost three hours. If I didn't call her, she was definitely going to blow me up. After not getting an answer, I figured I'd get dressed for the party and swing by my mom's to get my other baby, Nova. She was my blue-nosed pit bull. She was a gift from Ember after my other pit bull died two years ago. I took her to my mom's the night before because I wasn't going to be home when it was time for her scheduled walk. Assuming Jacoby would have been dressed by the time I was ready for once, I finished putting on my own clothes. Keeping it simple, I decided on a pair of dark wash jeans, a white button-up, and a single chain. My little brother was turning 18, and I was able to let my guard down and let my neck sag a little. So, I decided to put on my gold bottom row and ice my wrist with a gold Rolex. They were both Christmas gifts I got from Ember after she got her promotion. As I stood in the mirror laughing at myself, I thought about how Ember had me doing shit I'd never done. Snapping the picture she asked me to take, I shook my head. At 34 years old, I'd be finessing and fucking girls over for 19 of them, and I can never remember a time when I did goofy fuckboy shit like texting chicks selfies and mirror pics. The only thing I ever sent were dick pics and flick links, but Ember requested a photo since she couldn't be there, and I was all about keeping her happy. Jacoby, bring your ass on. I gotta grab Nova from Mommy's. I yelled as I picked up Ember's clothes that were strewn all over my bedroom floor. A devilish grin spread across my face as I thought about how I had her twisted in a pretzel earlier that morning. You go ahead. My big sister hooked me up nice, Jacoby said as he stood in the door of my room. He dangled a diamond-encrusted J keychain with a key fob attached. That girl gives you every damn thing. And I wouldn't have it any other way, he threw over his shoulder. See you at the club. The second I walked in code switch, I felt the love. Everybody loved Jacoby. He was known citywide because of his athletic achievements and social buzz. On the teen circuit, he wasn't just the life of the party, he was the party. He probably would have been an A student if partying and socializing weren't a key factor in his identity. Hey, baby bro, what's up? You riding stag tonight? I turned around when I heard my brother Jacob greeting me. I can't call it, bro. Where your girl at? I dapped him up and he pulled me into a one-arm embrace. She on her way, said she was picking up Princess. Princess coming? I thought she hated Jacoby after her little bro and him totaled her car. Shit. I got her a new whip and she's still mad about that, but she probably coming to be in your space. Nah, I'm going out with a girl. She fucking crazy. You know she don't know how to not fall in love. Since when that ever stop you from sliding up in something? Or is it old girl who got shit all over your crib? Jacoby ass can't hold fucking water. I chuckled. You know he can't. So what's up? Who is she? Ember. Nigga, what? How long this shit been going on? Y'all some sneaky little motherfuckers. Couple of months now. Six, actually. We really not flaunting our shit, just keeping a low profile. We know how y'all old motherfuckers like to get all up in everybody else's shit with y'all boring asses. We been knew it would turn into something eventually. Y'all was just playing around. But I guess it's better y'all started as friends. 
Man, save all that love talk. We in the club. Where the fuck are the drinks? And you better not say a word to mommy or anybody else. You're sworn to secrecy until we feel like everybody need to know. Secrets always been safe with me, dummy. As I made my way around the party, chopping it up with all the homies, I thought about how far we had come as a community. A couple of people from our original crew were no longer with us due to death or incarceration, but all of us that were in attendance had come from the bottom and we were flourishing. Looking out at all the beautiful hues of brown skin and seeing all the real wealth builders of the city's impoverished communities just existing in all our black glory was magic in itself. The drinks were flowing and the loud was circulating. It felt good to be able to pause for a moment and appreciate all that I've been blessed with. Everybody didn't get to make it out the hood with their life, and that alone was worth celebrating. Hey, Jay. Long time no see. Taking a long pull from the blunt that was passed to me, I looked up at the brown beauty in front of me. She had legs for days and an ass so round I could see it from the front. My eyes were low, and trying to see her face was out of the question. Not like I needed to, because I knew the squeaky voice. Princess was a beauty, but that was as far as her qualities went. She was a sack chaser, never really concerning herself with anything other than snagging a baller. We had a thing a few years back, but I wanted to keep shit physical and she wanted to upgrade our fuck sessions to date nights and pillow talk. Sup, princess? I nodded as I finished off the drink I had in my hand. You tell me. She plopped down in my lap and took the blunt from my hand. My dick jumped the second her ass rubbed against it. I see one of you miss me. Chill, girl. My mouth was commanding one thing, but my dick was giving entirely different orders. Motioning for the bottle girl, I ordered another bottle of Ace. Jacoby paid us no mind as he enjoyed his classmates on the dance floor. Looking down at them celebrating his official birthday at midnight felt good. Jacob and I had done a great job raising him. We did a damn good job, Jacob said. Was just thinking the same thing. Look, I'm about to get up out of here. My phone is dead, and we both know how she can get. Jacob laughed as he heard me make mention of Ember. He mouth sprung as he laughed at me. He wasn't wrong either. Princess was still grinding in my lap, and all that I cared about was getting home to get my phone on the charger. It was the first day of a long week for her, and I wanted to know how it went. All right, playboy, I'll at you tomorrow at the courts. For sure, be easy. I said as I dapped him up, make sure Jacoby don't fuck up that damn Jeep. Still can't believe she bought his ass a whip. He earned it. Plus, he's responsible for the gas and insurance. That means his ass got to get a job. She has a lesson buried in it. She always does. All right, peace, bro. See you. If you sliding, I'm sliding. I wanted to leave her standing there. I should have left her standing there, but my dick had other thoughts. For all of three seconds, I thought about the aftermath of one night with her. Weighing the wins and losses, I concluded that what Ember didn't know wouldn't hurt her. She was all the way in Atlanta, wrapped up in a case, and the only person who knew we were exploring a relationship was her friend Lisa. Lucky for me, Lisa was in Atlanta with her. With a devilish grin, I palmed her ass. The skimpy white dress she wore left very little to the imagination, and I was not complaining. She was fine, but her beauty still couldn't touch Ember's. Before we even made it through my door, she was all over me. Her hands were fighting each other trying to get my dick out of my jeans. 
There was no need to touch a light, a cup, or a remote because the club served as our foreplay. We were straight fucking, and then she was getting the hell out so I could talk to my girl. Nova ran over to Princess and sniffed around her feet. I laughed lowly as she scoffed before running back to her bed. She knew Princess was an ember and wanted no parts of her. Princess led the way to my bedroom, stepping out of the little bit of clothes she was wearing on the way. I quickly diverted her to the guest room before she even got close to my room. I was about to fuck off on my girl, but there was no way I was doing that shit in the bed I shared with her. I wasn't that much of a dog-ass nigga. Princess didn't give a fuck as she fell backwards onto the bed, pulling me down with her. Stepping out of my jeans and boxers, I climbed on top of her. Her lips met mine, and I turned my head with the quickness. Kissing was reserved for Ember. The only place I wanted her lips was on my dick. She knew what it was and rolled us over so she was on top of me. The instant her mouth wrapped around the base of my shit, I remember why I ever entertained her in the first place. Her head game was out of this world. It was like her throat was bottomless the way she swallowed me whole. My toes curled and my head flew back in pure pleasure. She had a gift. It was one many women didn't care to tap into. The sounds of her slurping had my dick about to break in her mouth. I pulled her up by her elbow and turned her around so she could sit on it. Without much work, I was inside her. In and out, I plowed as she bounced up and down like she was on a seesaw. She was the queen of quickies, and she knew exactly what to do to get us both off in record time. Six minutes later, and she was redressing and getting ready to go home. You want me to take you home? I asked as I pulled on my boxers. Nah, playa, just give me an Uber. I ain't finna go home. The second I hooked up my phone to the charger and powered it on, Ember's face flashed across my screen. She was FaceTiming me. I raised my finger to my lips to let Princess know she needed to wait in silence for the ride I was about to get her and disappeared to my room. Hey, babe. She smiled into the camera once I accepted the call. What are you doing? Why you got me paused? I'm trying to check my email. I lied. I missed a meeting today and needed to send over some donor forms for the gala. I felt bad lying to her, but the truth would crush her and I wasn't into making Ember upset. Besides, she would never know what I did, so there was no need to stir the pot. I miss you already, and I can already tell this shit is going to be longer than we planned. Why? What happened? They're hiding so much shit. Gave us all these reports with redacted parts. I filed a motion today for the unredacted reports. There are a bunch of breaks in the chain of evidence that Lisa and I have been pouring over all night. But enough about that. How was the party? It was cool. You in trouble, though. I do her brows furrowed as she laughed a fucking car M what happened to clothes jewelries puppies princess peeked her head into the room to let me know she was heading out I waved bye to her as I stared a hole in Ember's forehead through the phone a truck actually and yes Jace you be too damn hard on him he's not a dumb kid he knows how hard we all work to make sure he's good you gotta loosen up and give him a chance He can't learn from mistakes if we don't let him make a few. Still, a whole vehicle? He done totaled two whips already, and you go and get him a brand new ride? Why you looking at me like that? You look cute when you're being all overprotective and concerned. God, I miss you so much. This is going to be hard. Miss your thick ass, too. So hurry up and wrap that shit up. 
They can try that bullshit. Just figure out a way to be two steps ahead before they pull anything else. Night, babe. I'm going to need my rest. I got to interview the captain tomorrow. He is a real pick. Probably head of ACL's KKK chapter or some shit. Night. Love you. Throw the book at him. I will. Love you too. Are you still up? Girl, good night.